When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. My name is Bobani Jones. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is still Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Nothing, man. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad basketball's back. Everything's back. We're in a good place right now in October. Yeah, I tell you, this is going to be an interesting one for me because I got my whole new fancy technological setup, right? So I got a camera right here, but that camera ain't really got you in it. You <laughs> over here. Like, I'm having to I'm, I'm having to do some magic tricks to yeah. make sure that I get everything straight, man. But hey, great to have you here. We got a lot we're going to get to. We're going to talk about some NFL action. We're going to talk about parenting. You're a parent, so you can talk about this. I could view that one story from a different vantage. And, 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 and. Might talk about this one thing. We're going to see if we get to that one thing. But uh, off the top, (laughs) we have to get to it. It's so wild. Um, Uh, Did you uh, see Big Vic all Wednesday night? Absolutely. Like, that was appointment television. We've been talking about this whole time. They hyped it up with that preseason game. It it felt like a movie and that there's been teasers all summer long since, uh, I guess, the summer league. And before that, you and I have been talking about Big Vic for a long time. And boy, was I happy to see him out there. He didn't play as much as I thought, but still... What's his the first stat he recorded was that block, right? Yes, all Kyrie, right? Or Kyrie was like, oh, okay, new world order. Got you. I crashed out on it at the beginning of the fourth quarter when Big Vic got the fifth foul. Cause I was just like, look, man, I can't be sitting through these long stretches of this, hoping he come back at my age. Like I'm just not gonna be able to get that done, right? Then apparently he came in in the fourth quarter and went to work. But uh the problem that the Spurs have is it seems to be a widespread case of MCS main character syndrome. Yeah. Whole lot of dudes. Like I I don't know if if Pop has just not come and had to talk with those guys yet, but it's it seems like they need to have the talk. I would love to call them all out by individual name, but I realized as I was watching that game last night, they might as well have called this game Meet the Spurs. I had no idea. I had a couple of he's still in the league categories. Uh, I saw the dude that got $150 million, and I learned how to say his name to my shock and surprise. Greg Popovich let that dude get a blonde hairdo and wear number 10. I thought that would give him some Dennis Rodman triggering flashbacks. He's like, hey, big dog, you got to pick one. But all those dudes seem to think that we came to see them, and we did not. I mean, right now it's a, it's a land grab. They feel like it's anybody's. They feel like it's manifest destiny out there. They moving out to the new frontiers of the West, and they're like, "Man, I'm gonna take all this land. This is mine." What they don't know is sooner or later, as soon as Vic get comfortable or Pop get comfortable enough, I think they do know this. But they are out there fighting. That's I guess that's what's happening. They fighting to be Robin. 
They they just want to prove that they deserve to stay on the roster when the roster gets turned over because some of y'all going to have to go when they bring in some real people to work next to Vic. They look good. They was athletic. They was playing hard, but they ain't going on that Vic level. And I, I just, after that first play, I think about help defense as around the rim. Like somebody get past you and you got help defense. I never in my life thought about it. I'm sure it's happened before, but I never thought that it could be a consistent thing that you're doing help defense on mid-range game and not just helping to cut off the lane, helping to block damn shots yes. on a mid-range game. Help <laughs> defense everywhere. I cannot – I. I don't want to get too excited. Actually, I, I do. I do want to get too excited. Do, do it's it. over, do everybody. It. It's it. over. You got do it. you got three years left, maybe, to win the championship <laughs> for Vic. Win them all. You talking like a Mayan? Like you just out here, like, hey man, you better get this in while you can. How thing gonna shut down? No, like you talk about other no, dudes just trying to get second place. Let me tell you the best way for you boys to get uh be robbing on that team. Learn how to set some screens. That I think is the way for you to do it because all that damn shooting is going to be a great way for you to get tossed overboard. Like everybody need to figure out who they really are in this situation and then go from there. Because no man, I just don't, I don't see any room for the hateration, holleration at all to come up. Because apparently I talked to Vinny because he was there at the game last three minutes. They didn't get a man the ball. That's what I'm saying. These cats, like, nah, Pop, you got to have the talk with them right now. Ain't no paying dues. Ain't no working your way up to the top. Y'all better get that dude the ball. Everybody will eat if you give him the ball. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It, it looked like what they're doing with Bijan down there. We know he the best player. Let's just give him the ball and stop acting up. And I'm, if I was one of those guys, I'd have spent my offseason learning how to speak French. I don't know. I get I get up to date on all the French rappers. I learn how to make some French cuisine. I would be engulfing myself in French culture to make sure that when Big Vic look around, I'm the one that make him feel comfortable because I want to stay. I want to I want to get me a ring because somebody getting one down there. Bruh, the day that Pop left Paris from going to Bond, I'd have been on the next flight up there. If for no other reason then ain't none of these Spurs going to make the Olympic team, right? Like, I think we'd all agree upon that. None of them are Team USA level. That means you can go over there for the Olympics and kick it with Vic. Can you imagine what it's going to be like kicking it with Vic at the Olympics? Like, he going to be so big in France by the end of this year because they're going to be so happy he out here doing it. You imagine just hanging out with him during the Olympics. My gosh. I mean, hanging out with him at any time seems like it's pretty amazing. Before he stepped foot on the court, he was getting accosted by Britney Spears in Las Vegas. Like, being Big Vic seemed like it's pretty fun every damn where. And the man was the the one criticism I've heard is like, we overhyped his shooting. And he came out as if he heard that. And you know what I'm going to do off Jump Street? knock down a couple threes and every shot he take is uncontested. You know why? <laughs> he's seven, four. There's no such thing as contesting his shot. It's all uncontested. Yeah. Go ahead and get a hand in big, big space. Let's see how, how like how long is it going to take? We need to set that over under how long is it going to be before somebody blocks one of his shots. I don't know. I'm thinking next year, year after he going to take I mean, it. Like I don't one know time. how it's going to get easier, right? Like I, I, like I don't know what the chain of events that's going to have to be in order for somebody to jump up there and block big, big shot. Like I remember when I was in high school, uh, there was a little town in our district called New Caney, and uh, Adam Dunn went to school there, the Cincinnati Reds. But Adam Dunn got a scholarship to play quarterback um, at Texas. Like he, he was that dude. Like don't get this twisted. A dude I went to high school with the year after I graduated got a sack against Dunn, and he was the only person in the district.
to get a sack against Adam Dutt. That's what this is going to feel like if somebody get a block against Big Vic. I'm going to stop the game right now. Put, 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 my, put my jersey all the way up there. Go ahead and raise it up right now. Do they paint basketballs? I know in football, like you get your first interception or something, they paint them up. I'm sure they do the same thing. Yeah, paint that one up. I want you to stop the game and do a ceremony and paint it up for me and send it out. Like, I mean, first of all, there's only 10, 15 guys who like physically can reach his release point, I think, in the NBA. And then are those guys also have the bounce to do it, the athleticism to stay in front of them? Like, I hadn't even thought about the fact that you can't block a shot. It's like it's like you bring the hook shot back. This man is – he's I a hook that. shot from everywhere on the floor. I said that. He, if, he, if he learns a sky hook, they're just – like, what rule are they going to have to change, right? There's just not going to be anything that anybody can do if he were to get a hook shot. It'd just be, it'd just be canceled Christmas. Like, we're, we're going to see overall how this goes. I want to tell you this about the NBA – I saw something happen that I've never seen before. The world's earliest players-only meeting. The Bulls had a players-only meeting after game one, Dominique. Game one. They had to get together to talk it out. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine a worse sign <laughs> than a players-only week one. What the hell could have happened? Already we out. Already people not spending enough time watching film. Already people partying on the road too hard. Like, that's the point of these meetings. People not bought in. What was y'all's training camp like if this is what it was in game one? I think the one thing that I would be concerned about with Big Vic is – that he does so much well. And I guess that's why that uh, Greg Popovich, I guess, is that's why we should be happy that Vic is there is because when you have someone or something that can do everything like you could be prone to do the wrong things to build around them in the wrong way. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the right way is to build around him, but I have to be honest. And I know this is going to resonate with you. As much as I enjoyed him hitting them threes, I ain't like him out there to start with. Get your big <laughs> ass down in the muck. Ah, ah, see, it's a little tricky with tall man, though. He's tall man until proven otherwise. Like, the thing for him is the post is 19 feet. When you that tall, the post, everything is the post. When you, so when you not even tall. I'm not asking him to do back-to-the-basket post moves. What I am concerned about is... Do not turn him into a floor stretcher, and I don't yes. care how well he handles the ball. I don't want y'all trying to do Durant stuff with him. Like, that to me, he's capable of it. If they give you a matchup, he's capable of it. I just don't want to get enamored by that and have him out there doing it. And again, I'm not even a basketball analyst, so I'm sure basketball coaches know better than me. But I've seen this movie enough times with guys who show the ability to shoot and show a little ability to handle yeah. the ball. Now they like, you know what? You run the offense. Nah. <laughs> yeah. That ain't for everybody. Yeah. Chris Das Porzingis is entered the chat. Is basically <laughs> what you're saying. Like that's yeah. where it is. But hey, he he he's gotten there. He looked pretty good uh with the Celtics. They man, they go move so many of them Porzingis jerseys, boy. Woo wee. Are you sure? I I think Peyton Pritchard still gonna still gonna be the the jersey selling leader out there. They already got their Peyton Pritchard jerseys, oh, right? Yeah. You know, they like it's time for them now to go out there and get a new one. Like I don't think they know what to do with the Patriots now. They ain't got no white dude who jersey they want over there no more since Mac Jones is booty. Like you know, like they don't they haven't they haven't replaced 
them other cats. Porzingis, man, if Porzingis balls like he did against the Knicks on Wednesday night, they're going to be calling him Sully in no time. The problem with Porzingis is Porzingis ain't going to be the humble guy. And he was here last year and he played well here by here. I mean, D.C. And he played well and they were there wasn't much expectations for the team. So it's a different type of pressure. There's going to be a bad stretch. Porzingis might get hurt. He might play poorly. There's going to be some rough times. And when they come for Porzingis neck, he not going to back down. And yeah. that might go sour for them. Porzingis Fair. ain't the type to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go back and work hard. Like he might actually do that. But for what I've seen, he ain't the type to give you the humility that you expect. And they're yeah. going to be out there burning them Porzingis jerseys just as quick as they bought them. Yeah, that's fair. Because the one thing that people misunderstand about Boston and their perceptions of how the whites feel about the whites is that when, you know, when it's balling or just a little bit good, they might just go a little bit overboard and show a passion that they don't show for anybody else but go ask Gordon Hayward if you ain't bringing it it's the same as everybody else there's bums are all of the same stripe (laughs) I mean that's that's fair they they ain't gonna stick with you if you ain't doing your thing oh speaking of white you see I assume that this was popping on Twitter he the man cut it all off the white. white Yeah, Yeah. Derek White, who who got (laughs) mocked for the hairline. Yeah, that required a lot of stretching, by the way. I'm glad I had seen it because otherwise I'd have been so confused as to what the hell you was talking about. But, yeah, Derek White. The thing about Derek White is Derek White came from so far to come back home. It was just a little bit jarring. But I think he just had that moment where he realized, nope, it's just gone a bridge too far. I've been there. Well, I think that moment was when Stephen A was making fun of him yeah. on uh, first take. If Stephen A coming for your hairline and you can't cut it in that moment, that's the tough thing. He probably decided right then, oh, this got to go. But I can't show up tomorrow with a baldy. That's just going to get more attention. I'm going to wait yes. for the offseason to pop up on y'all fools. Yeah, we need to start keeping a running tally on this, on like who comes home and when. Like we need to go through every media day picture to start the year to see who we like really need to keep an eye out for and then see who finally makes the call. Like, I mean, I could go watch my round of horn appearances and I'd be like, yeah, to come home. Like, it was a gradual process. And then I just I got to Miami and I didn't want to go find no barber. That's really what it came down to. I didn't want to hear what y'all had to say about sports. And then, like, my decision was later, later validated because one of my homeboys came down and he found a barber shop. But I forget where in South America it was, but it's one of the places in South America where they come from, where they come to America and think that the N word is a open is an equal opportunity situation. My man just really didn't know how to play it because he ain't from around here, right? Like you go, you go fight the whole barbershop? Nah. But at the same time, he said the cuts was fly, so he just kind of had to like make some decisions. I didn't want to go through all of that in Miami, so I just went and got the Andes, and I decided to come on to the Casa. You know, we had a little pandemic situation. You know, now I'm back. I don't know the rules in New York, but I know I done heard it a couple of times from places that I did not expect. And when I've been in New York and I also recognize that is an extra burden. I, I do not feel like it is. I'm obligated to fight every motherfucker that say it. Like, I, I don't feel like it's not my responsibility at this point. I've passed the age where I got to whoop a ass or attempt to whoop a ass and likely get your ass whooped. Because if they are feeling comfortable slinging that thing around, they are feeling comfortable slinging them hands, too. Yeah, now nah, New York is basically Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, and you yeah. know, kind of living similar lives. It's a whole lot that's going on. It's funny. Uh, the Dominicans they try to be confused with no Haitians in very many cases, but in words, it's all good. Apparently, <laughs> like I don't, I don't fully understand how it all works. But all right. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. I took this pause in order to make a transition. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to point a couple things out, right? I'm going to try to make this as like as serious as possible and get to where we're going. So if you on the internet, you had seen when that story started bouncing around uh, about Dwight Howard. Lawsuit alleging um, he committed sexual assault. I was very curious to see how our industry would handle it because it's a civil suit and a civil suit gives you a measure of, hey, I got to leave it alone. Because honestly, to be fair, anybody can sue anybody for anything. Like I'm not too big on like jumping in the news about that. So I wanted to see how it was that people were going to deal with it. Because for those of you who don't know the details of the sexual assault, it's a lot. You might want to Google it. But the detail that jumps off the page is the person alleging sexual assault has their name in the paperwork and the name is Stephen. All right. Like we are, we are in this space where Dwight Howard has been accused of sexually assaulting a man and has acknowledged himself that there was consensual activity between he and the man that has filed this lawsuit. And I was like, Oh buddy, I don't think our industry is equipped to handle this. There was one show that I knew in sports would take on this topic, and they did. You know what show that was, Dominique? Uh-oh, what show? It is what it is with Cam and Mace. I knew that they was going to be the only people who came in there, and they were Cam and Mace, but also made some points. And then I saw Stephen A. Smith on his podcast, not to be confused with this television show. Like, Dwight Howard's a pretty big star to be accused of sexual assault, and we just kind of like whistling because we don't really know what to do, right? right? Stephen A. got on his podcast and talked about it, and I mean – I think maybe a little well, thought and research, probably, because the biggest thing that got him was, whoa, this is weird, right? But we as a society, and I'm curious your thoughts about this, because it got me thinking honestly about progress. Because ESPN.com put a newser up about it. And I looked at the newser. It was the newser went up after Dwight had denied what went down. And it mentioned that there was an accusation of sexual assault. But let me tell you what it didn't have details. Not not detailed at first. It didn't have nothing about Kitty. It didn't have nothing about what Dwight was alleged to have done. None of that. We have not reached a point where you can hear something about a man dealing with another man. And we're just like, oh, okay, those are the parameters. Now let's discuss what happened. How long is that going to be? I don't know. Honestly, like it felt like 
our country, our feelings around um, sexual orientation, it felt like the way that we discussed it and treated it, the evolution felt rapid. We think about Obama as like a more progressive, certainly more progressive than subsequent presidents. But we think about him as a progressive person. But he was in the campaign, original campaign was opposed to gay marriage. And then within his uh, administration, um, eventually, like gay marriage passes and there's and it felt like it was faster. And uh, we compare everything, every social movement we always compare to the civil rights movement uh, because it's the one that we all know of. And it's uh, has its ups and downs, but it's also probably the most prolific in our history of like moving and social change. And it felt like and I know that's some of what motivates Dave Chappelle's stand up around uh, discussing transgender people is that it feels like things are going faster right now. But then when something like this pops up, we're reminded that us <clears throat> seemingly progressive minded people are not the majority of the way that we think and even inside of many of us or most of us, there are some regressive thought that uh, vestigial or not is ignited when something like this happens. And it's and I mean, even you brought up Cam and Mace, like the whole pause thing. And that's that predates them, but they seem to have like popularized it and mainstreamed it. Like I've never felt comfortable with that as a practice. And like, I think that in itself, like presents or exposes the idea of uh or exposes us as kind of being uncomfortable with talking about sexuality or dealing with sexuality and yeah this is i, I see this now as just the further evidence that we aren't who we think we are well this is where i do think that this is similar to the civil rights movement and it's probably not going to be in the way that people expect right the civil rights movement was momentous. It changed the face of this country. And in the end, what we got was what we was always supposed to have, right? And people said the exact same thing. It just feels like we're going so fast, moving black people toward full citizenry. And I feel that the gay marriage issue was a very similar thing. Like it was such a giant victory because of where we had stood previously. But in the end, what are we really talking about here? It's not like it's not like gay people took back something, right? Like it's not like there was something that was redistributed. It was you could be miserably married just like all these other miserably married people are that we see. But as you say, people feel like, oh, man, this is going so fast. But it hasn't gotten to the point where like one thing that you cannot do is imagine you just saw something about somebody, you're like, huh, I wonder if that person's gay. And then just keep it moving. You know what I mean? Like, no, like once you put that statement out there, like think about Dwight Howard and this thing that was interesting. Stephen A was like, you know, like he even went out of his way to talk about how he'd seen Dwight Howard with women and all this. And he was just like, I didn't know anything about this. No, we, this has been stuff like this. Yeah. Like Dwight had been bouncing around the internet. Yeah. Like we had heard that, but you can't do nothing with it, right? Because just the mere idea is so salacious. And I'd even make a certain argument that to a degree, Dwight Howard saying that he had a consensual physical interaction with a man and just saying it out loud. That's a like, that's a huge, giant shift. But for everybody else. No, 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 no. We're not we're not quite there because the bottom line is if he did sexually assault this dude, then that's all bad. All, 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 all bad. Like kind of no way around it. Like this is one of those where people look at it like you go to somebody's house. like You want something to eat? No, nah, really, I'm not hungry. No, you want something to eat. No, 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 no. You can't you can't. No, no matter how nice you think you're being, 
this does not work. It's, a, you know, but the way we talk about like sexual assault, for example, is so about gender and the power dynamics of gender. We don't collectively have tools for when stuff comes over to this place for people to a feel comfortable talking about it in public without them like turning silly and starting to laugh. I would argue that we don't have the tools to properly discuss and and uh, adjudicate sexual assault that is heterosexual. So you make it homosexual, then it gets a lot more uh, difficult for us as a society to to understand and and suss out. I think paralleling it with civil rights is interesting in that. There are big momentous occasions that you get major gains or political gains or like the, the Civil Rights Act. And you feel in that moment that something's been accomplished because it feels like it represents a sea change in the way society perceives you and is going to treat you. But you actually get down to it in day to day life. People are still not comfortable and they still won't allow the things that you expect to be allowed. They won't treat you the way that you expect to be treated. And we remember when everyone's talking about post-racial America because Obama was president, like that's a, a landmark that should be commended. And we should all appreciate in the history of this country because it does represent something. But ain't shit changed on the streets. <laughs> Right. Ain't shit changed on the streets for gay people or transgender people or anyone like within the LGBT LGBTQ plus community. All that stuff is going to be the same. And the thing that and I've been struggling on uh, one of our little side group chats. I've been struggling with this for over a year now and not this specific point, but feeling optimistic about some of these social things. Because it feels like when you start to read about the history of of America or the history of just about any society, it'll never really equal out. <laughs> like as soon as you get all the equipment you need to play the game the way that it's being played, they're already playing a new game. And then you yeah. try to figure out how to play that game. And so. I, I do find optimism in some places, but I still get incredibly discouraged and frustrated when I think about it. And that's how this feels. It feels like we're always that that mountaintop, proverbial mount, proverbial mountaintop. It don't feel like it feel like it's moving. No, like I'll make this point as a point of comparison on Dwight Howard. And it's a little different for an obvious reason, which is that it dealt with what was at the time an active player. But it was all kinds of details about Trevor Bauer, right? Like people, they, they gave you enough details for people to start Googling up what donkey punch meant. You know what I mean? Like, like it was it was enough about and what Trevor Bauer was doing was uncomfortable, right? Like it was disturbing. It was all of those things, but it was a man and a woman. I'm telling you, you go look at that ESPN story. You'd have you'd be like, wait a minute, it just says sexual assault. And they got to, and you'd, you'd, you'd be trying to stick like put the details together because we just not there. Like, I don't acknowledge that I'm fully there to be out. You know, yeah. like I'm not. I'm not saying this so much with a finger wag, but I do acknowledge that we got to, you know, we're not we're not quite there to the point where you can hear a story about this with two men and one of them being a man that you felt like you didn't notice about. And that the first move ain't jokes. Right. Like when Dwight Howard was trending, it wasn't righteous indignation. It was jokes. It was jokes. Now. We got most show coming up. Uh, I'm going to give you a choice on what we talk about next. Uh, we could talk about the NFL. Well, we could talk about Israel. Let's go NFL. Let's go NFL, please. Coming up next, the NFL. The NBA season is officially back. And just like y'all, I can't wait for this season to start. 
I know we're all excited to see how Damian Lillard will fit with the Bucks, if Victor Wenbanyama is the real deal, and if the Suns super lineup will actually work. But you don't have to wait to get some basketball action in your life when you have NBA 2K Mobile. Season 6 of NBA 2K Mobile is here and better than ever. I love NBA 2K Mobile mainly because I can take it with me wherever I go. I can easily build my ideal dream team or customize my own my player all through the convenience of my phone. Plus, you can play with your friends by joining crew mode where you can dominate the hardwood together as a team. It's the best mobile game for real basketball fans, and Season 6 is the best version to date. So download NBA 2K Mobile free at the App Store or Google Play, and use my promo code Bomani Jones to receive a Shaquille O'Neal Pearl Tier card. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? It happens to me too. Whether it's a late night NBA game keeping me up or some chaotic Pac-12 after dark matchup that'll have me up till 2 a.m. You know you shouldn't be watching because it's not good for you, but you just can't get to sleep. One helpful solution can be therapy, which helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. All right. Uh, welcome back to the right time. We are going to talk about is. No, we're not. We're not. We're not going to do You imagine that, though, if they popped up one day and they were like, yo, the NFL, NFL overseas. It, it, nope, they're not doing that. Well, I mean, if it's money there. They're not doing that. They sending football players. They may not go. They will put us in harm's way in a hot second, though. Yeah, if I say you think they'd be over here with the you got to put all your stuff in a clear plastic bag. I don't know what they're going to be talking about <laughs> to oh get gosh. you in over there. Um, so Sam Darnold apparently is going to play because uh, Brock Purdy suffered one of those late developing concussions after he had his not so great game. So what happens if Sam Darnold balls? Because I, I don't see that as being humanly possible. Just to be clear, I feel like I've seen enough of that man's movies that I know which way they're going to go. M. Night Shyamalan ain't getting no more of my money. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, I've been down this road before. Um, but if Sam Darnold can ball, A, does that just mean anybody can do it with Kyle Shanahan? And B, does that mean Trey Lance will never play a game? So, Brock Purdy, first of all, you need to go ahead and fax that game plan on over and make sure that Sam Darnold don't ball. Because for me and lots of other people like me, it's taken us a long time to come around to saying, you know what? This ain't only Shanahan. This ain't only the talent around him. Brock Purdy got a little something to him. As soon as I start saying that, he starts thinking. And if somebody else come in and the offense looks the same as it has been, it's going to be real hard for Brock Purdy to argue that he that he deserves the money that he thinks he deserves. And it might be true that he don't. So I 
have come around to appreciating the anticipation of his throws and also the attitude that he brings to the game. That matters. I think it matters when you're the leader of the team. If you got something to you, it helps. And it seemed like he got something to him. And he his personality is the same as that of the defensive players and the same as that of Debo Samuels. And I think it meets that of uh, the 49ers, which I think matters. And that's something that I don't think Sam Darnold has. But we've seen so many quarterbacks be like serviceable to good under Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks that have not had success elsewhere outside of that system and different types of quarterbacks, despite the fact that Kirk cousins is his prototype. It does say really bad things about Trey Lance, but I think Sam Darnold might not be able to pull it off. He might be for a week or so. That's the thing. Can you do it for a bunch of weeks? I don't know. Well, I feel like if the key is anticipating throws, the Sam Darnold ain't the dude. Like, I think that's the thing that we saw from him in that time. And I, as more and more time goes, I don't think anything's more important than that. Because so much about playing quarterback is just that small mental time period of see it, throw it. I heard you talk about that. You're right. The, the, the quickness of the defense is, is so quick that once you decide that he's open, he's not open anymore. You have to know that he's going to be open and trust to make that throw over the middle of the field, which I think is hard to do in the middle of the field. And that's where Shanahan wants to attack most of the time. Well, also, like, think about this. Kickers just one day lose it, right? Like, it's not like their legs aren't strong enough anymore. It's just something that happens here, and then boom, it's gone. Carson Wentz, I think, is a great example. Like, he, he just all of a sudden completely forgot how to play football. You know what I mean? I mean, Robert Griffin, another example. Just like, you used to be able to do this, and now suddenly you you get out here and it's looking like the equations are, are like jumping at your face. And we've seen all these guys where all of a sudden you just have a moment where they jump up and it's just like, oh, he can't do this no more. It's like I, I, the confidence and all of that is like more important to me than anything in now understanding what quarterbacks have. And Purdy seemed to get out there. Keep it in mind, he went to Iowa State. He's like, man, I ain't never been around all these good dudes. I, Brock Purdy, how long had it been since Brock Purdy had been on the, on the field and they had the best players? Everywhere. Everywhere. He was like, oh, watch this. And he was good in college when he didn't have the best players. But he was like, oh, watch this. And so, like, I still think that he's, like, fairly replaceable. But if you got it in you to be, like, C to throw, B to throw, that's not a replaceable skill. Now, he played well, I thought, against Minnesota, except for when he was awful, right? Like, the plays that were bad were just really bad. But otherwise, he was out there averaging, like, 10 yards an attempt. The turnovers were completely on him. And that's I think that's kind of rare. I'm thinking through the season of of really good quarterbacks that have had that. I think about uh, Jalen Hurts had that in that one game. Josh Allen has that, except it feels like Josh Allen is taking risk, whether they're necessary risk or unnecessary risk. That's a different story than what happened in this game. I feel like the interceptions for Purdy in the last game were inaccuracy. Like bad, bad throws, which like, all right, sometimes you gonna have a bad throw. Let's not. And to your point, everything else was good. He just was inaccurate. And he was throwing to Jennings on that one uh, where you don't throw to Jennings a ton. So I can explain that away. The fact that it's back to back weeks is makes it harder. You throw a, a concussion protocol on top of it. I'm not giving up on Purdy, but it makes it really hard if Darnold succeeds. Another thought I have about them is. Kyle Shanahan is really good at building offense around what players do well. And I'm not sure if it's that he and John Lynch are really good at finding players that do the things that Kyle Shanahan wants to do 
or if Kyle Shanahan is really good at building offense around the players, what they do. The Robert Griffin example suggests that he's good at building offense around what players do well and having Julio Jones and having a bunch of different type of players and having success at a bunch of different places suggests that. But the fact that he couldn't do nothing with Trey Lance and I guess injuries was part of it, but it was so bad that they was like, nah, you got to get out of town. Maybe he, his ways have calcified a little bit. And Sam Darnold, like you mentioned, he's not the anticipation thrower. He's the guy who got made fun of for seeing ghosts. He got a, a good arm, but I, I, I don't. So I guess I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to change the scheme in order to fit what he thinks Sam Darnold can do well, if he can do that in a short period of time, or if he's going to ask Sam Darnold to be like Brock Purdy, which you would think a first-round draft pick could do what Mr. Irrelevant could do, but mm, I don't know. Well, I would also say the example of Robert Griffin and Trey Lance with uh, Kyle Shanahan, the issue that I would have there is those dudes were worse when they left you than they got there. That's that's what the wild thing is for me. It's like, yo, you out here getting expensive stuff and breaking it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really so much, like, understand how it is you do this. Also, as you mentioned that, stumbled across a thought about our man Brock Purdy where you talked about him being grossly inaccurate. And I was like, damn, I feel bad for him. Because I feel like when a dude like Brock Purdy's out there, but he's inaccurate, that's like that, that's like uh, when, like, Peyton Pritchard get out there and you be like, damn, you, don't, you ain't really here to shoot? Like, that's not... That's not your that's not that's not what you do. Like when they realized that Daniel Jones was just out here running, but be doing like other stuff, they was like, wait, 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 wait. Ho, 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 hold on, buddy. This isn't this isn't. I thought we was, you know, I thought you was gonna stand in that corner and make those threes. You look just like Eli Batty. Like that's the thing with Eli Batty. Eli Batty would be out there doing ridiculous things. And they was like, wait a minute, hey, wait, hey, 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 hey. Like, I wonder how many people really by the end of Eli Manning's career realized he was Captain Yolo. I think a whole lot of people, they were like, Well, Eli's not gonna make the yes, no, he'll make the mistake. That that was yeah, Eli, Eli got tiger stripes. Just like he walk out there. Yeah, he 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 going to take some risk every now and then and he will fool you. But it's the same thing with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, it's the it's the look in his eye. The same with Mac Jones this season. Like y'all told me Mac Jones was the safe guy. Mac Jones don't got a high ceiling or a low floor. Mac Jones going to give you consistency all the time. Mac up there throwing across his body three times in a row in a game. What yes. are you doing? Who you think you are? On top of that, with people not liking him. <laughs> and, I mean, the wild thing is, I mean, coming off, it feels like obvious to say right now, coming off the week that Lamar just had, but this is the same thing with Lamar, where, and I remember doing this coming into the draft, and everyone saw Lamar's highlights, and it was like, man, he don't want to stay in the pocket. You ain't watched the game critically in college or pros if you think Lamar don't want to stay in his pocket. Lamar stayed in the pocket too long in college, if you ask me, and he's doing it again in the league. The fair criticism of Lamar, I remember watching that bowl game, his last bowl game in college. The fairest criticism I had coming into it was like, just out of nowhere, he just start forgetting how to throw accurately. It was just out of nowhere, just wide open people. He just was dirting it, and he did that last year. But when he ain't, Oh, my gosh, he has some throws this season. That man MVP of the league right now. Man, they put the hurt on the Lions, and the Lions are legitimately good. Like, you know, I've been joking about my Lions and all this stuff, but no, 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 it is. It's possible that the Lions could go to the Super Bowl. Highly possible. They they mess around, get that number one seed. Well, I mean, the 49ers keep dropping like flies, 
right? Like, like as long as them dudes came getting out there, getting hurt, like it is. I mean, the Lions are. They, they for real. And the Ravens, and granted, the Lions have gone through a hell of a stretch, but the Ravens beat the brakes off of them. I mean, it, it was, was it, and, and Lamar looked as good in that game as I can recall him looking. And look, outside of Zay Flowers, man, they tried to step it up, right? They ain't really, like, Odell Beckham old, man. Old with a lot of miles on him. J.K. Dobbins didn't play in. You know, like, this is not this is not the offense we thought they were going to build. Yeah, Bateman's coming back from injury. He's not his tip-top self. But Zay Flowers is enough, I think, He's to good. make them pay. And Lamar is enough. And I have to give credit to Todd Munkin. Like, the way that he sequenced the plays in that game, it – he was threatening all parts of the field early. He was like, let's get Lamar on the edge with a run pass option. Let's do that again. All right. Let's attack the middle of the field with Mark Andrews. All right. Let's go over the top. We'll show middle of the field and hit Zay Flowers on the inside. Oh, you going to blitz? We're going to make you pay. And that's the big thing I talk about with when teams blitz. The plan for so many teams is to survive the blitz. Like, let's not get sacked. Let's get three yards. That's not what I want to do. I want to make you stop blitzing. And you know how I make you stop blitzing? Give me a chunk. And they didn't have the players that could do that. Like Lamar, that he was worst against the blitz because his number one receiver was Mark Andrews. And as much as Mark Andrews is an all-pro level player, he a square body, as you know. And square bodies ain't making ain't gonna make people pay. Zay Flowers, not. And I think he does change the way this offense looks and the way that Lamar is playing is incredible. There's some highlights, man. If, if they don't, they blew that game against the Colts. They blew that game against the Steelers. But you watch that Steelers game back. He is doing stupid stuff, throwing against yes, he his is. body. He's just, he's an incredible athlete and an incredible quarterback. He messed around winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they're playing great on defense too without like, Big name pass rushers or like dominant players, except for Smith. But other than that, they're playing really well on defense. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham shooting the fair one. Who you got? Um, give me Zay. Well, Odell from New Orleans, right? Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, 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 I was waiting for you to get to. I mean, yeah. Zay, Zay, Zay from Lauderdale, which can mean yeah, a few long. things. He he, young though. He young. He got, he might got a little bit more to him at that age. He a little squattier. He a little you know. He got he got a little more there. I just it just dawned on me. Odell Odell is also the type that would have gotten in a lot of fights. Like yes. he don't seem like he seemed like the type that the girls like, and he not gonna back down. And that is always a recipe for somebody to try to shoot the square, shoot the fairway with you. Well, I was thinking specifically. That's my girl. Like, not just the girls like you. Like, yo, that's my girl, and I'm standing right here. Well, yeah, bro, she's standing right here, but a little closer to me. <laughs> yeah, Odell had to fight a few of them fights. <laughs> like, and also, Odell's good at everything. Yeah. Right? So, like, the first person to catch the Od- the L from Odell, that was just like, hey, no, nah, just don't, don't challenge him to nothing. Yeah, nothing I'm- at all. he probably eat you up in Madden. Yeah, I saw him dunking. Yeah, he's 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 one of those guys that picks up everything pretty easily. I'm sure he can probably fight too. I wouldn't want to find out. I'm too old. Same, same. Now I ain't get beat up by no dude with no blonde mohawk or whatever the hell he's wearing right now. Like I don't even know what it is, man. Like I don't care if you're the heavyweight champion of the world, man. It's just an L. I can't be witness taken. <laughs> now I had like two fun things from the NFL for us to talk about. I'm gonna save one of them because I think it'll still have some use. But I want to get out here right now, right fast, and send a shout-out to Michael Irvin, who I like a lot. I did Michael Irvin's podcast. Very good. Michael Irvin, I don't know if you youngsters understand, Michael Irvin was that dude on so many levels. Like, Michael Irvin, I could actually make the argument, like, in terms of the culture of football, is so historically important because, basically, 
making football culture became Florida culture and it became Florida culture in large part. Like Florida State had a little to do with it, but it's really to you, right? Like this is before the boys is wearing dreads and stuff, but making football culture into Florida culture really starts with him. And he's the first personality face of the University of Miami because he that guy. And now Michael Irvin is an older man and he's an older man that has children. And Dominique, you have children. You have one son. He hasn't gotten old enough to fully disappoint you. But here is Michael Irvin talking about how his son clearly is disappointing him. I got a son. He, he, he raps. His, his rap name is Tut Tarantino. If you ever listen to some of his raps, I'm like, oh, my God, where does this come from, son? You grew up in a gated community your whole life, but he's rapping my life because we romanticize and fantasize about that old thug life, ghetto life, and all of that stuff. He's been talking about this for years, by the way, in various places. Just befuddled. And I, I, I get it. I get it because I understand the concept of like trying to like present yourself or even get close to that life when you 13, 14, 15, 16, around that age, like young men, like you want to be tough. You hear the music. You think that's the idea of masculinity. Like I get it. That man, 25 years old, you got to be past that phase, bro. And if you want to rap, the, the, the blueprint is out there. Like when we were coming up, you could not be a emotional rapper. Like if you wanted to rap, you had to either get into the drug game or pretend like you was close to the drug game. Nobody was buying. Parents just don't understand. Or maybe some people were, but we wasn't. And so now there are plenty of them out there. You could be Chance. You could be Drake. You could be, I don't know, Corday. Like there's plenty of examples of being a rapper and not talking about this nonsense. And then on top of it, you Michael Irvin's son, we all know. We know. I don't know if you serve this role in different people's lives, but I've been there because I've hung out with a broad set of people in my time. Some of whom my parents worried about, but they had faith that I would hold it, you know, keep it on the straight and narrow. and would not let these other people take me into bad places necessarily. And not even bad places like a life of crime, just being a moron. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, just doing incredibly dumb things. And I have wound up on the phone like one of your partners gets locked up and you try to bail them out and you got to talk to their parents and their parents just start, oh, Bomani, I don't understand. He was an honor student in high school. Like They start rattling off all the things and their levels of disappointment and how it's not supposed to be this way. And there's Michael Irvin, who has tried so hard on top of everything to embarrass that boy. He did one time, he was on Rich Eisen's show and he was just like, his name is Elijah Irvin. Like he tried to do the Clarence Cranbrook on him in front of everybody. And what I think is the funniest part of Michael Irvin doing this with his son is he always says he raps. His name is Tut Tarantino. He doesn't have to advertise his raps, right? He doesn't have to put them on. Because I don't know about you, but I went to find Tut Tarantino's raps. Uh-oh. And let me tell you something, brother. He stinks. Stinks, stinks, stinks. If he could rap, I don't think Michael Irvin would have the problem with it that he does. Like if Michael Irvin went somewhere to a Tut Tarantino show and he saw people had T-shirts in their hands in the air, he'd have been like, oh, okay, maybe I see it. This boy is whack. And by the way, we're going to put this here for the people. Uh, Van Lathan sent out a tweet um, letting us know that apparently the young man is also incarcerated. I don't know what for. 
I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I get the feeling he's not so happy with the fact that his pops is out here making these jokes, but your pops been making these jokes for a long time, and he just don't know where did I go wrong. Michael Irvin went from the hood in Miami to St. Thomas Aquinas High School to get to where he was, only to have his boy turn it all the way back around in the other direction. I know people like that. It was my best friend in high school was that guy where his parents, his dad was a math professor, his mom was a nurse, and they did everything they could. And he decided at a certain point in high school that he was going to go to do this other stuff. And he had to do some time because of it. Almost got me shot because of it. And it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And... Cut Tarantino. So it's like Tutankhamen <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino collabo. Like you a you know. Egyptian filmmaker? What are I, we doing? I, I thought Tut like the other part we gotta keep in mind here, right? And this is I know this don't mean that Yeah. <laughs> but like I know this don't mean that much to the rest of y'all, but like he from Dallas, man. They weird. So I thought that Tut might like be some Dallas slang. That I'm unfamiliar with, right? Like I, I, I threw that out there because I take pride in not knowing nothing about these Dallas dudes. Like I don't like they just, I just know they be out here doing other stuff that I generally like do not respect. Like that, you know, that that's just kind of what it is. But yeah, now he out there, he's not, he's not good at the rapping. And Michael Irvin is just asking for anybody because he was talking about it in the context of John Morant. And I do know this about like the world of the T- Tarantinos and the likes. I was reading this book about Frank Sinatra about a month ago. And they made a very interesting point about Frank Sinatra that he started his career with more female fans than male fans and ended with more male fans than female fans and that the inflection point was when it all fell apart for him and he lost his voice and everything, how he reemerged and what people in this society respect above all else, or at least they used to. I don't know what the hell they respect now. But what used to be respectable above all else was overcoming when it gets hard. And nobody's impressed by what you do if they don't think it's hard. And so you, Michael Irvin's son, you got all these advantages. Nobody's impressed by that. But these other cats, you know, there's something noble about the struggle. But your life don't have no struggle. And I admit, I used to, like, I I wasn't kicking it like this guy, obviously. But I used to have, like, I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but I had my issues with the idea that, you know, it had always been good and easy for me. And it wasn't really until I got to grad school and my man D. Nunn, right? D. Nunn lived a different life than I did. He didn't live the hardest Scrabble life, but it was more hard Scrabble than mine. And, you know, my parents, you know, I need money. I'm broke, but I don't really want to hit on my parents because all the people I grew up around couldn't hit their parents up for money, right? Like, that's not how you do it. And I just remember he looked at me and was like, hey, cuz, you better let them help you. I wish somebody could help me. And I had never thought about that. Like, the idea that... All these cats that I'm thinking in my, you know, in the parts of my mind that there's something to the fact that they got it hard. They're like, why do you think we want that? <laughs> these cats don't want to be gangsters. Like, they don't want to be gangsters. They don't want to be any of these things that you're asking them to be. And I really had to learn that and be like, oh, dang, I'm tripping. This is wild, disrespectful what I'm doing. <laughs> like my parents, I would be so mad if I was doing everything Michael Irvin did. I mean, it's a, you're very different from Elijah, but uh, I get the point that you're making. But I, I'm reading this book um, called Evil Geniuses. That's just it points out the fact it's about like remaking or the breaking of capitalism, essentially, and how at a certain point in American society, we had a more fair system. And now we don't. And it was a a. a intentional decision by the powerful and it talks a lot about the myth that we all kind of buy into i guess not even a myth uh this the narrative that we all buy into that 
it has to be hard. And anybody who's done something's done it because it was hard. And that was the idea. That was the like marketing push behind like deregulating everything and essentially making it easier for billionaires to make more millionaires to become hundred millionaires and become billionaires and making it harder for like poor people to get to middle class because all the programs that were available to help boost you in society, the, the, the powerful started to market those as a handout. And that's for the soft. That ain't American. What Americans do is they go out and they go west with no help and they build, they go find some gold, they go get some land, and they build a ranch and make their own thing. Let's go back to America the way it was meant to be. And we all bought into it. And even to this day, we all like when you ask somebody to tell you their story and I have this, I'm very well aware of it, but I can go back and tell you the story of my life in a way that sounds like I overcame so much or or I could choose to highlight the places of luck where I happened to be in the right place at the right time. And like my career at college, it started off on a good foot. Everybody thought I was great. You know why? It's because the week before we were undefeated. We lost to Florida State. The guy who started at corner before me, I was red shirting, started corner for me got cooked and they was like, all right, well, we got a chance to win the conference championship. We got to put this kid in it. I was terrified. And so we were playing Clemson Thursday night game to win the ACC championship. Every snap, I they snapped the ball. I took two back pedals backwards, then I turned around and ran deep because I was like, you know what they're not going to do is catch a touchdown on me. You know what they kept throwing? Deep passes. I batted them down. People was like, hey, this freshman's great. No, I'm lucky and scared, and it worked out for me. And then the next year, I learned how to play. But had it gone differently, had they just ran some outs, they'd have cooked us, and we'd have lost, and I never would have got a chance again. And I could go through my life and pick out all of the points and things that happened like that, just not getting injured and how I got lucky to make it happen. Or I can tell you, you know what? I was ready when my opportunity came. I had been preparing. I, I went to school early. I left high school early so that I could get ready and get comfortable because I knew my number was going to be called and I was going to be ready for it because I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and took all the opportunities. They were not there for me. I built them. Eh. Whatever. I ain't going to lie though. I'd have been mad if I bailed out of my senior year of high school and then y'all tell me I'm a red shirt. I'd have been hot. Yeah, I, I I wasn't happy, but it all came around. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, I didn't appreciate it. Like, I could have had a whole semester of two classes, and instead I'm out here doing push-ups with y'all and get yeah, stole on in the locker room. Nah, I was um yeah, back in that age, you, I remember being obsessed, like the the way that we talk about how you and I at this at this old age now recognize the unhealthy nature of how some people get fixated on a goal or something. I was in that place at that point. I ain't care about nothing else. Like, yeah, I, yeah, why am I still in high school? I'm not a high school student. I'm a future professional football player. Ain't nothing y'all can do for me here right now. I'm not trying to chill, have fun, play with you. I'm trying to go get on these weights. I was 155 pounds my senior high school. I was like, all yeah. right, let me go gain some weight. Fair. And also uh, being in college gave you a little bit more freedom. Oh, yeah. It was a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about the idea yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. You didn't you didn't have to talk nearly as much in college as you did in high school. There was a lot hey. of talking. There was a lot of coordinating and planning. Wait, what, what's, how your, what's how your mama come back from work? Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that is not happening on campus. Damn. damn I, just, I mean, I got a hatchback. <laughs> like, like that's that's OK. OK. Hey, 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 hey. Uh. Andre say his mama gone for the weekend. We're going to be over there um, just hanging out, you know. Hold on. Uh, you, 
You ain't never drive around looking for a secluded parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it. Well, I'm talking about high school, not in college. There's a whole other podcast for Home for Christmas Vacation. Oh. And almost no matter your age, you revert right back to your childish ingenuity in those moments. You can be 29 years old. It's just like, mm, let me think about this. Man, we ain't get a chance to talk about Israel. But that is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on the Dominique Fosworth Show. Great podcast. Check that out. You can also see him on Get Up on ESPN. Uh, you can check him out just all over the place. I'm a little out of practice with your right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's just the Dominique Fosworth Show. Just the Dominique Fosworth Show. That's the only one that they counting. Don't nobody count my Get Up ratings. They want to see how many uh, subscribers I got to this show. So y'all get on that, please. Yeah, I can't even lie. Now that I don't work there no more, I don't give a damn about telling people you're gonna be there or get up. This is yeah. this is puppet Dominique Fosworth. Thank you. Man, appreciate you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the right time, a wave sports and entertainment original. My man Sean Yu handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, subscribe on YouTube to the right time. Follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. <laughs>